Upanishads, a book published by Sri Aurobindo Kapali Shastri Institute of Vedic Culture, Sakshi Publication, Bangalore. Om Shri Guru Jhonamaha Harihi Om Shri Ganesha Janamaha Dr. Krishnamurthy Shastri Dambay Punacha Karnataka So in this book we will see introductory part and introduction to Ishavasya Upanishad Here what we see first introduction The Upanishads have always been regarded in India as the crown of the Veda and as the end of the Veda as implied by the term Vedanta. The major Upanishads are not separate books but the last parts are the penultimate parts of the corresponding Brahmana books. If the Brahmana has an Aranyaka attached to it then the corresponding Upanishad is at the end of the Aranyaka book. Shatapata Brahmana has no Aranyaka thus Its last book or chapter contains the Upanishad, the famous Brahadaranyaka Upanishad. For details, see the section Other Vedic Books. The Upanishads are not a revolutionary departure from the Vedic mind and its temperament and fundamental ideas, but a continuation and development and to a certain extent an enlarging transformation in the sense of bringing out the bringing out into open expression all that was held covered in the symbolic vedic speech as a mystery and a secret the rishis of the upanishads sought to recover the lost or waning knowledge of the veda by meditation and spiritual experience and they used used the text of the ancient mantras as a prop and authority for their own intuitions and perceptions or else the vedic word was a seed of thought and vision by which they recovered old truths in new forms what they found they expressed in other terms more in, uh, intelligible to the age in which they lived as examples of the first method we may mention the chandogya upanishad or brahmadaranyaka upanishad which state as stated in the rigveda the mantra of rigveda As an example of the second we may mention the concept of brahman rigveda mentions repeatedly the supreme one or the one truth ekam sat which underlines all existence the upanishads developed this seed of thought into the magnificent conception of brahman chandogya upanishad declares that rigveda can be understood only by meditation vijnanena vishesha jnanena from special knowledge the extensive connection between the veda samhitas and upanishads mentioned in this essay should make reader skeptical skeptical of statements such as upanishads are a protest against the externality of vedic practices the upanishads can be divided into roughly two categories for study in the first are the metrical upanishads relatively smaller in size such as isha katha mundaka shweta shutra taitiriya the middle two chapters of the non metrical brahadaranyaka upanishad etc uh, these upanishads use symbolism sparingly so that one can get some idea of their contents of uh, by one's rational intellect 
In the second group belong all other Upanishads which are non-metrical and use symbolism extensively. Both Aitareya Upanishad and Brahadaranyaka Upanishad declare that God's love indirect reference or symbolism. Paroksha Priya Yuvahi Devaha The purport is that the cosmic powers Deva prefer that the profound truths be expressed only in a symbolic manner so that only the eager and persistent student can understand them. The Brihadaranika Upanishad begins with the detailed symbolism of the sacrificial horse Ashwa idam ushava ashwasya medhyasya shiraha like that. Each one of whose limbs such as the face, belly, legs etc. corresponds to a specific cosmic power. For instance, Usha, the dawn, is the head of the sacrificial horse. The great commentator Shankara gives a brief explanation without clarifying the deeper meaning. The fifth and the sixth chapters of the Brahmaranaka Upanishad have verses which for a gross mind appear to be ritualistic recipes for obtaining children of specific characteristics. The commentators practically ignore the 5th and 6th chapters, declaring that they are meant for the householders who deal with mundane matters. Persons who have attempted to pierce the symbolism in the Veda Samhitas can easily get close to understanding the deeper meanings of these verses behind their apparently gross outward form. The Upanishads, besides delineating various spiritual experiences, also give a few hints on sadhana, that is, paths of spiritual realization. These methods of sadhana are called vidyas. The Upanishad does not give much detail about the vidyas because such details cannot be conveyed in print. Typically, a teacher transmits these truths to the students, often in silence. There are not many books in print which discuss the relevance of Upanishadic thought for spiritual practice. One such book is The Light on the Upanishads by Sri TV Kapali Shastri which discusses some of the secret vidyas in the Upanishads and relates them to the corresponding ideas in Rigveda. These vidyas are identified either by the name of the teacher like Shandilya Vidya, Bhrugu Varuni Vidya or by their contents like the Bhuma Vidya, Vaishwanara Vidya, Madhu Vidya, Prana Vidya and so on. Vaishwanara means the divine force which permeates every aspect of existence. This knowledge in the Chandogya Upanishad is related to the similar idea in the Rigveda contained in the ten hymns uh, to the deity Vaishwanara. The Madhu Vidya or the doctrine of the honey or bliss as the foundation of all existence discussed in detail in Brahadaranyaka Upanishad is related to the corresponding mantras in the first book of Rigveda. Again, the particular method of realization described in the sixth book of Brahadaranyaka Upanishad involves the chanting of the famous Gayatri hymn of Rigveda and the Madhu mantras in Rigveda. This particular method is extolled in the Brahadaranyaka Upanishad, stating, if anyone sprinkles it on a dry stump, branches would grow and leaves spring forth. We will mention two of the Vidyas in some detail since they connect the Veda, Veda Samhita and Upanishad, namely Madhu Vidya and Vaishwanara Vidya in later sections. Anecdotes in Upanishads Krishna, son of Devaki Krishna, son of Devaki 
what is the secret of this the chandogya upanishad gives a special teaching in the sections 3171 and 2375 uh, the section 3176 states ghora angiras expounded this well known doctrine to devakis san krishna and said such a knower should at the time of death repeat this triad akshitamasi you are imperishable akshatamasi achyutamasi you are unchangeable prana samusthitamasi you are the subtle essence of prana on hearing the above he that krishna became tireless apipasa then the upanishad quotes two verses from the rigveda samhita namely 8630 and 15010 the famous mantra to the supreme god the divine sun surya here is the earliest mention of shri krishna as sri arabindo states it speaks of krishna son of devaki in a tone that would justify us in assuming that it regarded them not as ancient and far off names but as men who had walked on earth in living memory satyakama jabala and the vedic society the story of satyakama is one of the most typical in the upanishad it is full of side lights on early vedantic teaching yogic sadhana and that deep uh, phys- uh, psych- psychical knowledge which the writer took for granted in the hearers of his work so much knowledge indeed is thus taken for granted that it is impossible for anyone not himself a practitioner of yoga to understand anything but its broad conclusions the modern commentators shankara included have approached it in order to establish particular metaphysical doctrines not to elucidate its entire significance i shall take the side that has been neglected for what to the european inquirer are merely the babblings of children bear to the yogin an aspect of infinite truth value and significance now satyagama jabala jabala spoke unto his mother jabala jabala and said mother i shall go and lead the life of the brahmacharin tell me what is my gotra but she answered him this i know not my son of what gotra do are resorting to many as a serving woman in my youth i got the therefore i know not of what gotra do are but jabala is my name and satyakama is thine satyakama jabala jabala therefore call thyself so he came to haridrumata the gautama and said i would stay with my lord as a brahmacharin let me therefore enter under thee and he said to him my son of what gotra are you but the other answered this alas i know i know not 
of what gotra i am i asked my mother and she answered me resorting to many in my youth as a serving woman i got the therefore i know not of what gotra thou art but jabala is my name and satyakama is thine satyakama jabala therefore i am i and he said to him none who is not a brahmin can be strong enough to say this gather the firewood my son i will take thee under me for though didst not depart from the truth for you did not apart from the truth he admitted him and put forth 400 cows weak and lean and said these my son do uh, do do you follow as a herd and he said the cows in motion and said return not until they are a thousand and he fared abroad with them during the years till they were a thousand caste was no bar no bar in hinduism for study so the story opens and simple as it is as it seems it already contains several points of capital importance in understanding the ideas of the time and the principles of the old vedantic sadhana satyakama as we gather from other passages was one of the great vedantic teachers of the time immediately previous to the composition of the chandogya upanishad but this but his birth is the meanest possible his mother is a serving girl not a dasi dasi attached to a permanent household whose son could have named his father and his gotra but a paricharika serving for hire at various houses resorting to many and therefore unable to name her son's father satyakama has therefore neither caste nor gotra nor any position in life it appears from this theory as from others that although the system of the four castes was firmly established it counted as no obstacle in the pursuit of knowledge and spiritual advancement the kshatriya could teach the brahmin the illegit the illegitimate fatherless son of the serving girl could be guru to the purest and highest blood in the land this is nothing new or improbable for it has been throughout the history of hinduism and the shutting out of anyone from spiritual truth and culture on the ground of caste is an invention of the later times in the nature of things the usual rule would be for the greater number of spiritual preceptors preceptors to be found in the higher castes but this was the result of natural laws and not of a fixed prohibition it is noticeable also from this and other instances that it was the father's position that fixed the sons and the mothers seems to have been of very minor importance the question about the gotra was of importance probably with regard to the rights and other circumstances of initiation satyakama must have known perfectly well that he was the illegitimate son of a serving woman but he wished to so he wished to know his father's name and gotra because he would have to tell it to his guru even after knowing the worst he persisted in his intention of taking up spiritual studies so that he can have had no fear of being rejected on account of his uh, base origin his guru impressed by his truthfulness says none but a brahmin would have the moral strength to make such an a vowel 
it can hardly be meant by this that satyakama's father must have been a brahmin but that since he had the brahmin qualities he must be accepted as a brahmin even the kshatriya would have in uh, hesitated to speak so truthfully because the kshatriya is by nature a lover of honor and shuns dishonor he has the sense of mana mana and apamana but the true brahmin is samo mana apamana yoho he accepts indifferently worldly honor and dishonor and cares only for the truth and the right in short the gautama concludes that whatever may be satyakama's physical birth spiritually he is of the highest order and especially fitted for a sadhaka na satyad agaha he did not depart from the truth na satyad agaha the second point is the first action of the guru after the ceremony of initiation instead of beginning the instruction of this promising disciple he sends him out with 400 miserable kind uh, more likely to die than prosper and increase and forbids him to return till he has increased them to a thousand wherefore this singular arrangement was it a test was it a discipline but haridrumata had already seen that his new disciple had the high brahmin qualities what more did he require from the upanishads by shri arbindo the heavenly word da and its three meanings i think let us see in the next session hari rama om tat sat